In today's episode, what it means to be a man in the year 2020 and why being good just isn't good enough. We'll talk to a very interesting guy about all this and a whole lot more. So don't you change that dial or drop that phone. We're about to level it up and shatter the mold. Question. In a world where groupthink is the norm, others want what you've earned and thinking for yourself will get a target painted on your back. How do you flip the script and level up your business, your money, relationships, your health, your status, and your life? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Andrew S. Kaplan, and it's time to shatter the mold. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode, another long overdue episode of Shatter the Mold. My name is Andrew S. Kaplan. Quick apologies that it's been a few weeks. Uh, I actually have been working on something uh, really time-consuming, but also really interesting and very necessary for my business that I'll be sure to tell you about in a future episode, but it's taken just so much of my energy and my time, and it's, you know, there's no real good excuses. I can't give you excuses, I can only give you reasons, and the reason is I was working on something else, but I have a really cool episode here today for you, and I've also got a few lined up. In fact, I look back at the last episode that I published, and it featured a guest who um, focuses on uh, women's empowerment. And through the course of <clears throat> all the work I've been doing and all connecting I've done with people, I actually have another future episode with another person that helps empower women. So I thought, why not have an episode featuring someone who's really his vocation is empowering and helping men? And I figured it'd be a really interesting perspective to go. So uh, I guess over the course of three episodes here, we're going to end up having ourselves a bit of an empowerment sandwich. So regardless of uh, which side of the fence you're on, hopefully you're going to get something out of all these episodes. And uh, I'm not going to waste too much more time past that, uh, simply because this interview went really long, but I did not want to edit anything out of it. So without any further ado, we're just going to jump straight in and talk to my friend uh, Corey Huddleston and just sit tight. This is going to be a good one. All right, today's guest, Corey Huddleston, devotes daily time and energy helping men escape their everyday ruts so they can enjoy a life of true impact that actually matters to them and helps them create a real difference. His mission is truly a unique one that has him equipping men to engage in a way that destroys the average and truly defines masculinity in a world that has no real clue of what that actually is. He's the founder and host of the Wisdom and Grit podcast, and I'm sure he's going to have a lot of interesting insights to offer us today. So without further ado, straight out of Dallas, Texas, it's my pleasure to welcome Corey Huddleston to Shatter the Mold. Corey, thanks so much for being here, brother. Andrew, I am deeply honored that you'd have me on your podcast, and I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, dude, I'm, I'm super excited. And it's so interesting because this is almost like a, a bookend where the, the episode before yours um, most likely is going to be Britt Russell, who was more about like empowering women. And now we've got you on more about like, you know, going towards the lens of men. And we're going to get into this, but you know, you're Christian, straight out of Dallas, Texas. And um, I think we live in a world today that like, that's almost like a controversial thing where it's like oh, the idea of empowering men it's like this thing where it's like you're almost going to offend people. And I'm like, it, it doesn't make sense to me. And, you know, I really want to get your perspective on, was that part of like in your head as you kind of embarked on this mission to help men become more empowered in who they are? Yeah, man. Well, first of all, great analysis of that. It actually is very uh, controversial in a lot of ways. And it's funny because I've even had uh, people in my own life that are super close to me that are like, well, women are important too. You know, and I'm like, I never said they weren't like just I, to me, here's the deal. I come from a marketing background. Okay. 
And really, I come from a background of having uh, learned how to solve problems over the years, really. You know, so for me, every problem that I have, I come up with three solutions. And so over time, I've really learned how to get to the root of a problem, or at least what I perceive to be the root of a problem by asking these questions and taking a deep dive. And when I look at the state of the world or what I perceive it to be as far as not good, and I think we can all agree that there's some things that could be fixed for sure. Um, the thing that kept coming to me was that, dude, men are the, are the solution. And let me kind of explain myself before everybody kind of goes hog wild there. Right? So it's kind of, um, I believe that men hold the course of identity in our culture, right? And, mm -hmm. and because they have, like since the beginning of time, dude, men have primarily been the ones that are out there. They go and they take raw land that is full of trees and rocks and, and they've moved this, this earth, right? And they've turned it into farmland that has provided sustenance and provision and shelter and all these things for their families all the way from that time to now where you see the most sophisticated cities that the world has ever known. And without a doubt, men have been the driving force behind that. Now, that doesn't take away from the importance of what women have been to that, right? I'm probably, there's going to be some, I'd love to see the, the, the comments on this at the end of the day, because, and I'd be happy to answer any questions too, by the way, but um, men rising up and stepping into what they've already been and stop asking for permission, right? Well, I think they've been conditioned to do over the last few decades, uh, mm -hmm. asking for permission instead of just being what they are. And the same with women, right? Uh, because we've anchored ourselves to these ideas of what we are supposed to be rather than the truth, right? And understanding that identity. Well, now we can go out and actually start creating uh, purpose in, in our communities. We can start creating purpose in our families. We can speak life into our wives, into our daughters, into our sons, and into the culture, right? And we start to become something bigger than ourselves. And mm -hmm. so I think men hold that capacity to be able to do that. And uh, I want to see it happen. Right. You know, I've, I've done my own research and I've, um, you know, studied trends and I, I've just paid close attention to just, you know, the, the, the heartbeat of society, so to speak. Yeah. And, you know, I have noticed in the past, you know, 10 years specifically that there's uh, kind of like this perception where if you're trying to promote agency in men, it's automatically against, you know, everybody else, women right. or, you know, people that are, whatever gender it might be. And I imagine if I'm noticing that just in the research, it means it's got to be really prevalent. And I'm wondering when men come to you, are they, are they uh, citing this? Are they recognizing this? Are they looking for help in this specifically? Or yeah. is something going on where they don't even know why they feel so disempowered and they're just looking for a different answer? Or is it a combination of both? I think there's a combination of both, right? So whenever, so I have that group, uh, Wisdom and Grit, and then when, when guys are coming into there, I ask them to answer three questions. Uh, really, one that's specific to their massive pain point. But a lot of times they feel like they're being attacked, you know? And I, I don't encourage, first of all, I want to make this very clear. I don't encourage any whining or any of that stuff inside of the group. I don't take it, right? I, re I rebuke it in so many ways because I don't want guys coming in and just turn that into a little bitch fest where they sit there and talk about, Oh, everybody's so mean to me. And we, we're just going <laughs> to, no, what was me group, you know? Right. It's, it's, it is not that at all. Yeah. Yeah. It's a reframe of the situation and being like, look, okay. Even if the whole world is coming against you, does it matter? Like mm -hmm. find that agency, 
work on that and, and step into it, become who you already know that you are. And what I believe that you were created to be, which is a man that builds the world, right? I had this vision, we can circle back around to it if you want, but a while back when I was trying to find my identity, or like, why am I here? Why am I on this earth? You know, and I was 35 years old, and I'm asking this, and I was, uh, my, my wife had just lost her job as a school counselor due to cutbacks in that school board. This was kind of after the economy and all that. Uh, we had just bought a house, right? And so we acquired a mortgage, um, just had our son, and I had just started my business with 500 bucks. So wow. I was stressed out, dude. And not to mention, like, my entire childhood, like, for me, I failed my way through school pretty much. I didn't graduate, and I never went to college, right? And so there was always this insecurity that I had about, man, you know, I always felt like there was maybe something that I didn't have that everybody else had for having finished that, which is a total lie, right? Because mm -hmm. I look back at it now and it's really been a catalyst in many ways for me to desire knowledge and to seek truth and to kind of dive into things and see things creatively and all that. But so anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm at this point in my life and I'm walking my dog. I had this 85 pound American bulldog named Amadeus. He's an amazing, beautiful dog, solid white with a brown spot over his eye. And he refused to use the bathroom in our yard. So like <laughs> he's a funny dog, man, but I had to walk him twice a day. And uh, I used to kind of resent that because it'd be rain, sleet, snow, it didn't matter, you know. Uh, but it ended up being one of the biggest blessings in my life because I would always have that time to kind of talk to God, right, to kind of dive in and just have that time that we were talking about earlier, like that meditation time mm -hmm. where I'm walking and just kind of diving into things. And um, I remember asking myself, why am I here? Because I had no clue. At 35 years old, I had zero clue why I was put on this earth. And that is one of the most frustrating positions that a person can exist in, right? And uh, in my, what I believe to be God's voice it was ask me, right? And I was like, whoa, okay. I can't believe I've never done that before. And so, all right, God, why am I here? Why am I on this earth? And without hesitation, I heard you're a builder. You're a builder of people. You're a builder of ideas. And you're a builder of things, like tangible things with your hands. And dude, I saw this timeline just go, boom, just spread out my whole life flashed before my eyes and everything that I could remember from the, you know, from birth to, to where I was now, the only things that meant anything to me where I was building people, building ideas or building something tangible with my hands. And I saw myself as this 3d image just blue on this side and red on this side and me in the middle. And in that moment, it was just bam, it came colliding together, dude. And my shoulders went back, my eyes lit up. And Andrew, I knew for the first time in my life exactly why I was put on this earth. And it was clear to me as anything. And it still has been the driving force behind everything since that time, which is why Wisdom and Grit became the men that build the world, right? Because right. I'm going after those men, right? Gotcha, gotcha. Um, when those men find you, is there, I mean, I'm... I'm trying to put this the right way because I don't want to pigeonhole you because I, sure. I can already no, tell what I know about you that you're, you can't be pigeonholed, but is there kind of like an orientation process that they go through? Is there some kind of process where they kind of like get a feel for like, well, here's what we're doing. Here's where we can help you. Here's why you should be here. Or is it more kind of like come as you are and figure it out and maybe you can join or not? Like what's, what's like the experience someone might expect as they go into this? Yeah. So when they're coming into the group, it's pretty open, right? So they come in, um, there's a lot of men in there that I've gotten to know or that I did know that are 
already massively influential because the reality is at this point, I can't help everyone. So a lot of my success, not having graduated high school or gone to college, right, has, I believe, come through relationship too. And so I really encourage that component of what we're doing in there too. I want guys to connect with each other inside of that group as much as I want to be able to help them too. But you probably know as well as I do that a lot of this game that we see now in digital marketing and course creation and all this is great, but like what, three, 5%, three to 5% of whoever buys a course typically finishes it. Mm -hmm. So even our desire as a creator, right, is going untouched to some degree because I don't know about you, but I'm in this to help people. You know what I'm saying? Like I do know you, but I'm just saying like, <laughs> don't worry. Sometimes know. I don't even know about me. So right. No. <laughs> <laughs> right. But so I think we're at a complete disservice if we don't offer people the opportunity to engage with other members of our group in an area where we're not in full control. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I really, really, really try to encourage that. I ask questions, we get in there. Uh, I could probably do a better job of, setting that um frame for uh you know what how they can be more involved to be honest with you i come in there and i tend to play things more by um you know things that i've been thinking about or noodling on and i want to like kind of engage them in the conversation and, and let them be a part of that decision making process and then speaking life into them mm -hmm. I, I think it's extremely important to call people into things right like speak identity into them. And I also believe that's a very masculine trait, right? So when we have the ability to say, Andrew, dude, you are one of the most articulate men that I've ever known and your heart and your mind behind things fascinates me, right? So dude, you are the master of like visualization and from my perspective, right? So, mm. uh, so thank you for that, you know? So that's true for me, by the way, but what does that do for you? it really like, right. bam, it anchors you to that idea that you are that person. And so now your beliefs begin to resonate with that. It, it also challenges me to live up to it more. So yeah. if, if you know, I, I know you and I like you. So of course, like, even if I didn't want to, like, I, I'm compelled to like, Oh, that's awesome. I really want to adhere to those qualities and live up to them even more, which I think instantly raises people's games, which that's awesome. Yeah. So I'm listening to your, your answers here. And, you know, I, I never know what, what shattered the mold is going to be entirely, but I know a lot of it focuses on entrepreneurship and business. So I'm always listening through that lens. So I love like some of the, the high points here. Like you can't help everyone. If you're going to have a community, you want to build into the, the design that the community members can help one another so that it's not all on your shoulders, but you also want to be a leader. You want to go first. You want to empower people through your acknowledgement of their best qualities and inspire them to rise even higher, which is really wonderful customer and client relations. And, you know, especially for someone that's actually looking for a legitimate result and not just banking money when three to 5% is only going to consume it. So those right. are the lessons that I'm gleaning from this so far as, as you speak to me, which are awesome. That's awesome. I love it, man. Cool. Cool. Did you just uh, recall that from your mind or did you have notes? No, man, that's just me like yeah, listening you, you got a sharp mind man i love it that's good <laughs> thanks man i appreciate it yeah. you know, i'll tell you man when when you've read this stuff for like 20 years it's just like it's kind of like i don't know if you heard about the a memory palace it's kind of like where you you construct a place familiar mm -hmm. in your mind that you know and then you attribute certain information so your brain acts it more easily like i don't have a memory palace but i've read so many things about business concepts 
and you're giving me like the greatest hits. I'm like, oh, that's the thing I learned in 2006. And that's the thing I learned last year and blah, blah. So I think it's wonderful. Um, wow, so many questions. So what, when I imagine like the men that are in your group, they do finally achieve a point where they, they realize that they have more agency and that they can create a lot more. Do you see that manifest in certain ways in areas of their life or is it like across yeah. the board all over the place? Like, what are you noticing the most as you're putting these men through this work? Man, when, when a man steps into what they were kind of doing that and they like, we hit on this earlier when we were talking, but you talked about it doesn't have to be perfect. Like recognizing that who you are is already good enough. So everything now outside of that is just for fun. It's kind of like an adventure and it's all about reframing how we see this, right? But when I love whenever I see somebody finally get it, that they begin to walk in that. And the hard part is, and there's probably better ways to do this. And you might know more about this than I would uh, with the visualization and stuff, but of it takes time, right. To get somebody to believe something about themselves. And as frustrating as that is, it can sometimes take years, you know, depending mm. on where that person's at. But that goes back to your original point about choosing your audience uh, you know, about why do I choose men, you know, and, and what am I doing? I don't just choose men per se. I, I choose a specific type of man, right? Uh, because I've learned this through my marketing agency, by the way, because I've, I've been working in digital marketing for the last eight and a half years. So hmm. I work with companies from startups to $100 million companies and everything in between. When you do that, you begin to see patterns, right? The more you put yourself out there, you see all these patterns. And there's some people who just aren't ready to step into it for whatever reason, whether it's they don't, they don't want to, or they just have a massive disbelief in their ability to do something. Either one of those, it doesn't necessarily make me not want to work with them, but mm -hmm. I'm not going to give my one-on-one -on -one attention by any means to that because right. uh, when you're building the men that build the world, that's already a big calling. It kind of goes back to when you labeled your book as the, the last uh, the book that you'll ever have to read, right? So, <laughs> me, <laughs> I mean, dude, that's a big calling, right? So, like, you know, there's a lot of room there for somebody to come in and be like, well, this book was actually better. Now you're fighting with all these people who have this idea that, oh, well, this book was better. So explain yourself, you know, and he's been, <laughs> mm -hmm. right? I'm not saying that's going to happen, you know, but, um, same thing with the men that build the world, you know, so I've got guys who uh, will challenge me even on stuff. And they're like, you, you lead men, you know, and it's like, because I'm challenging their reality. Right. Uh, and they don't like that. And if you challenge their reality, people don't know how to respond to that. So they either have to destroy you or everything that you stand for, or they are looking at if they're not uh, in, they don't have the ability to, uh, like look at their own life in a way that's more philosophic mm -hmm. and kind of observe the situation and be like, why am I shirking against this? Like, what is the, what is he saying that's making me react this way? And is it true? Right. right? And that's really, I think where we've got to get to as men. And I don't know that we get there without having got punched in the face hard enough a few times. <laughs> What's that, uh, that Mike Tyson quote, everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face, right? Totally. Yeah. I love that, man. That's good. That's a good yeah. segue. Into uh, or, you know, if you want to be really accurate, everyone's got a plan until they get punched in the faith. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> right. So, which by the way, has a double meaning. Again, punched know, in the faith. Yeah. Like when you get challenges to your belief system, wow, oh. that just right now, if everyone's listening, this just occurred to me, everyone has a plan until you get punched in the faith. 
is yeah, actually dude. this double meaning. That's a t-shirt, bro. Yeah. When you actually, when your yeah. belief system gets challenged, holy yeah. shit. Oh my God. It's, I just had to. It's even right worse. Now. That's actually worse than getting punched in the face for people. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's so much harder to recover from. The yeah. scars are internal. You don't even see where the bleeding is. You don't know what to do. You go into a tailspin. Now, this Dude, actually brings so really good. That yeah, really man. You're right. He's, Corey's writing this right down right now, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> so this actually though brings up a really important question because, you know, by the way, but us as marketers, we know that a ploy, not that you want to use it because you want integrity, but a ploy to get more people to spend money on you is to disqualify them. But also right. a ploy to have a healthy business is to disqualify people because you don't want them botching up your business and you want to be able to serve people. I imagine you encounter men that are right for your program, but are initially resistant. Mm. My question is to you, do you have a way of being able to determine when you have a customer who's going to be right for you and you've got to get through that initial resistance versus someone that's just going to be a complete disaster and you shouldn't even take them on? Like, how do you tell yeah. the difference for your business? For my one-on-one -on -one clients, um, or, you know, and I'm bringing people into, cause I have head first, which I'm working on now, but my one-on-one, -on -one, uh, package that I do is called the builder syndicate. Right. And so mm -hmm. that's a, a higher dollar thing. And so it's, it requires an hour of my time per week going into that. And so I'm not just going to give that away. It's very precious to me, no matter how much money they want, they want to spend. So, cause mm -hmm. I have my sanity to look after too. I didn't watch that so much when I first started wisdom and grit, by the way, when I first started doing this, it was like, okay, cool. You got the money. Let's do this, you know? And, and, because I, I really legitimately believed I could help everyone, you know, and all my clients have been able to get good benefit out of this for sure. And because I'm a value first guy, but mm -hmm. I'm starting to realize like, if there's not some already proven background on somebody who's getting something done, they're not ready to work with me one-on-one -on -one. Mm -hmm. because I care about them and their outcome. And I can't care about that more than they do. Right. And so I ask a series of questions as we get into it, like, what are your, like, we take a deep dive into their pain points, like what's really driving them. And if it's stuff like, well, you know, um, everything's falling down around me and this and that, and their whole world is just crumbling. That's not a good one-on-one -on -one relationship for me. Cause I'm not a savior, mm -hmm. right? I'm a leader, not somebody who's going to go in there and, and fix all of their problems for them. Like just so they can live an average life. You know, it's like, dude, I'm, I see myself more as a force multiplier. So if you've already got something that's working, let's go create some asymmetric systems, some guerrilla warfare tactics to kind of take and compress your involvement and get a maximum outcome out of that stuff. Right. So, right. Um, so, you know, what, what I hear in that answer is, you know, again, given the, the, my translation for entrepreneurs, you have built in multiple barriers to entry, some of which are really soft and some of them which are really hard. So mm -hmm. it's a very easy entry point that anyone could get in where they're going to find out soon enough if they could even stick with it and you get a nice, like a clear, easy indicator. So before they even get to that high level where they have access to you, they've been tested without actually being tested just yeah. through the nature of the process and the nature of what you're doing and, and the products or services that you offer. Well, from that, you'll like, you'll appreciate this from a marketing and business standpoint, but even like with head first, like as I'm building that out, that will become a prerequisite to even have the opportunity to work one-on-one -on -one with me. Right. Mm -hmm. So you have, would have already had to have gone through it and I can monitor whether you've actually completed it or not. So if you haven't even completed it, there is no next level for you. Right. So, uh, 
and that will be more of a course type framework where it's like, Hey, you do this on your own. And with, we'll have like, you know, interaction inside of a, a group that set us apart for that, where we go through like a Q and a once a week, stuff like that. But other than that, like if they don't complete that, man, I really, you know, um, it's not gonna, I want it to be beneficial for me too on that one-on-one -on -one relationship. Meaning like you're actually going to do what we talk about. Mm -hmm. Right. And I'm not going to have to chase you down to fulfill our time together or things like that, because that's just not fun, man. And it, it actually is very burdensome, right? Cause I care yeah. so much. It's, it's draining. It's yeah. draining. Trying to drag someone kicking and screaming along where they're paying you to go when they're not even doing the bare minimum. It's, it's such a draining thing. And I think that's like a lot of entrepreneurs that are in the service space they learn that lesson really fast. It's kind of like you're saying like right now, your time is too valuable. I think right. it's a wonderful barometer where, you know, in the beginning, and you can't fake this by the way, it's either legit or not, but when you start a business, you'll take anybody and you'll, you'll fill out your calendar and you'll do all this stuff. Yeah. It's at that point where you're really worried about your time and energy where you're like, oh, I've actually reached a, a level of success and integrity in the business where I'm nervous about this. This is a wonderful sign. Right. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. I'm sorry, you're going to say something on that. No, you're 100% right, man. It's like, to your point, for anybody just kind of starting out, like you just, you have to, you have to kind of go that flow, right? If you're just starting out in business, like you haven't had any business experience prior to, or you're starting out in some new vertical, something like that, you're going to have to go out and just get a ton of clients and learn things the hard way. There is no way to avoid that. Mm -hmm. And if you spend time thinking you're going to avoid that, you've already lost. You might as well just hang up your hat and go work for FedEx or something because and get your safe secure job because you're going to be broke and possibly homeless and, and everything else if you think in your head that this is all going to work out perfect right out of the gate because it's just not that that's so insightful and it's sometimes it's just got to be said out loud for people to get there's certain things where if you think you could avoid them you've already lost because yeah. the goal is not to avoid them the goal is to go through them mm -hmm. because that's what builds the real wisdom and grit, no pun intended, 100%. what you got to do for your business. Um, I want to ask you more about uh, Head First because we, were, we had a brief little conversation before we hit the record button and you were telling me about it. And when you were describing it in one way, my brain was getting a completely different interpretation before you even said anything. So I want to ask you to, to describe what this is about and I'll, I'll offer you what I heard when you first said the title. Yeah, so Head First for me is one of the biggest issues that I've seen and whenever I asked those questions in the front and started the group and just in the conversations and uh, interaction that I've had with men over the last decade has been this um, issue with one, how they see themselves or their ability or fear somehow standing in their way and that correlation to execution, right? So getting their mind right around how they should see things. I think that's going to be kind of countercultural to some degree, right? Because there's things that I'm going to go in there and I kind of see myself as this like wrecking ball, dude, I'm just going to go in there and destroy everything you think, you know, and then kind of rebuild it into a way where it's not as clear cut. It's not about perfection, at least at this point, but it's about like learning how to see yourself. It's just a what if scenario. And then being able to really just enjoy the process of all of this, right? Right. And stepping into and realizing like, dude, no matter how messy you think it looks, you're taking action. And trust me, that's something that 99.5% of the people aren't doing when it comes to actually building their dream life. So this is about a healthy mindset. And 
you, yeah. it's funny because you said it's a healthy mindset to take action and action is what I thought when I heard, when I heard head first, I thought like, you know, ready, fire, aim type yeah. of deal, like just go totally. for it. Yeah. And I love the extra dynamic. Like, no, when I say head first, like getting your mind right. So that when you're taking that action, you're actually doing it in a healthy direction and you're yeah. getting a lot more done and hopefully a, a few less, a few less scrapes and, and bumps along the way. hundred percent. And, but don't despise the bumps, man. So there's this concept and maybe you can help me kind of flesh this thing out a little bit. Cause I've been really thinking about, you remember in ghostbusters when Rick Moranis is walking around going, I'm the key master. Are you the, the gatekeeper? <laughs> yes. yes. And yeah. So I've had this thought like recently where I'm like, man, if I look back at my life and the most painful scenarios, all the bumps, the bruises and really stuff that to some degree seems earth shattering, right. Have actually been, the key that I needed to unlock the door to the next level of my reality. Right. And there's no, I don't think that there's any way that I would have ever reached that next level had that not have happened, but mm -hmm. I didn't know it at the time. And sometimes that doesn't even manifest for years, maybe even decades, right. To where that moment was the key that you needed to unlock the next door. It's almost like a Zelda game and you're just walking around with a freaking robe full of stuff. And you're like, hey, does this fit? Does this fit? You know, and it's like, <laughs> oh my gosh, dude. And so I've been really contemplating this concept of the, the key master, right? Because what if those things aren't bad things per se, but they're just key masters, right? right? And so if we begin to see pain and we begin to see failure or we begin to see the things that kind of seem dirty or sloppy or all these things, right? And within reason, I mean, you don't want to just go putting yourself in harm's way or whatever, you know, but yeah. if we reframe those things, I think that's the key, you know, so to speak of uh, unlocking everything. Yeah, there, there needs to be a willingness and acceptance of the fact that, you know, you don't want to invite bad things to happen, right. but when they do, you want to leverage them to whatever measure you can. And right. you want to squeeze every bit of positive juice out of that to, to your advantage when you're doing it. Cause um, uh, it's so funny before we hit the record button, I'm like, I'm not the guy that remembers quotes. Now I'm like quoting all these people, but I think <laughs> it, was, it was Sean Stevenson who said that, you know, pain is inevitable and suffering is optional. And, mm, so you know, good. it sounds to me like we're, we're going along those lines here where sometimes yeah. those things that were rough, it's like, listen, before the key is going to go in the lock, You've, you've got to try, you know, it's going to get scratched up while you're trying to go into different locks and different knocking on different doors because, you know, you might knock on a door that, that doesn't work out, but that person will know you later on when you unlock another door and they'll be able to help you leverage into a bigger castle. You know, you might be making connections right now without even realizing it. Well, dude, and like, so about three years ago, I ran for city council here in my town, right? Or my city, Grapevine, Texas, right? So, and it was one of those things that I initially, um, I didn't want to because I was, I already had uh, my business. We had just had my son not too long, or actually my daughter at that point, I think was uh, a baby, like a newborn right in that, that realm. And uh, like, dude, there was just so much going on in my life that I was already like, oh crap, another thing. And this is not something you take lightly running for an office, right? Mm. Uh, but the scenario approached itself where I had some of the city leaders kind of coming around being like, dude, you need to run. Like we've got you and this and that. And then you step into a situation like that where it's like, now I'm having to create an entire brand 
in a matter of three months, right? Because these election cycles don't, they don't, they're not slow. <laughs> you right. know, you step in and it's like, whoosh. I mean, you're just jumping into a moving roller coaster. I mean, is what it feels like. Mm -hmm. And you're grasp uh, drastically searching for uh, or frantically grasping for a seatbelt just so you, before you hit the loop, you know what I'm saying? Before you go flying out of this thing. And uh, dude, so going through all of that and all of the stuff that I had to do and creating the brand around that and my messaging and uh, getting interviewed for the newspapers and being like, oh crap, I'm really putting myself out there. And when you take into account my background of not graduating high school, going to college and then having like a record, right? Because I had some DWIs and stuff like that back in the day, 20 years ago. But even still, I was never hiding any of that stuff. But it was one of those things that was like, uh, you know, I was very open about it, you know, as much as I could be, but there's always a level of awareness that doesn't exist, right? Especially until something bad happens and then everybody thinks that they're a freaking expert on the situation, right? Yeah. They start, like we by nature start putting labels on everything because again, our fragile reality and like you start shaking that and we've got to label you before you get out of control and you make us doubt everything about ourselves. So that was kind of what was happening, right? And Long story short, I went through, I had to learn how to prepare to debate. I mean, all of these things, I was like, oh God, I was really putting myself out there. I was and doing, going against my opponent and having to go against my instinct of like just thrashing her. Like I didn't want to have to do that, but like she wasn't a good fit. Right. And so I had to do that <laughs> in a classy way. I had to right. do all these things. So, um, but also aggressive and somebody who gets crap done, right. You want to, you're, dealing with public perception right so there's things that you have to manage on top of all of that other stuff it was super stressful um but awesome because looking back at it now i ended up not winning you know my opponent has a street named after her in our city so it's kind of <laughs> <laughs> it was a far-fetched idea anyway but it, like for how long uh, for what i did i took 30 percent of the vote you know and not going against somebody with that kind of name recognition is pretty pretty good um but looking back at that whole thing, people were like, well, are you going to run again? And I was like, no, you know, uh, that really was the catalyst for me to go all in on wisdom and grit. Uh, but more importantly, I would describe it like this. I would say, look, you ever seen The Shining? Mm -hmm. So, you know, that long hallway with all the, the hotel doors and the two creepy twins at the end? Yep, yep. <laughs> that without the two creepy twins and a, a hallway that would just go for infinity with just doors as far as you can see. And I saw, I saw myself standing in this hallway right? Beautiful like that, kind of ornate and classy, you know? And for me, that experience was going up and grabbing the door handle of one of those doors, walking inside and seeing a wooden floor with a rug and a present sitting in the middle of it and all brick walls with no windows. There was mm -hmm. no way out of that room for me, but there was a present in there that I would have never been able to have it gone and got had I not had the stones, the whatever it was, I call it stones. Maybe somebody else would call it foolishness, whatever else, you know, but it's like walking in there and actually accept that gift because it was hidden in that room. Right. Yeah. So, so it, many double meanings, by the way, yeah. as men, you got to have the stones to go after that gift, right? Yeah, totally. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, I call it for what it is. Cause you want to yeah. challenge guys. I think we lack that, right? We, we, we desperately need this. My son, he just took up skateboarding, right? Yeah. And he's seven years old. And I was like, at the skate park with him and he wouldn't go try this thing. And I realized right then and there that I had to go buy a skateboard because I needed to give him healthy competition to mm. push him. 
And so I went and did that. And now he's out practicing every single day, dude. And he's doing stuff that he would have never done had I not gotten, gotten that. So I, I love that story because it's, it's such an important life lesson. It's such an important parenting lesson, but that's also something from a marketing perspective. That's a part of your brand. Like I see the skateboard in the background. That is a wonderfully visual representation of part of what you represent. That is, that is awesome, awesome, man. I love that. And so funny, like, I don't want to take the topic on me, but like my new book, there's, there's a part where I talk about skateboards. Um, I'll I'll tell you after the interview, Um, I don't want to waste time on that, but it's a completely different direction for this, but there's the power of imagery that really takes people over the top and gives them a different result. So I love the fact that you made that choice. You saw something that is scared of like, fine, I'll do it. Now you got to deal with it in a whole different way. You should have just gotten the skateboard on your own, but now you got to really rise to the challenge. Now you got to really rise to the occasion. Well, man, I'll tell you like from a parenting angle, dude, I've learned so much about myself from being a parent. Like when my son was born, I remember the situation like night and day. I was, again, I was walking my dog. And I was so scared that I had just brought my son into this world, right? Uh, because I'm like, dude, there's so much uncertainty. You just never know where things are going to go. How do you even train someone to be a, and a lot of this too, by the way, is now training and teaching for me inside of Wisdom and Grit and the stuff that I do. But how do you train someone to be like, okay, 20 years down the road? You don't like the way that our world is moving as quickly as it is. That's impossible to fathom, mm-hmm. right? You just can't. And everything's being challenged and shifted and this and that. And I remember, dude, like for me, like in that moment, God was like, dude, you think I gave you your son to endure the world? I gave you your son to be a solution for it. And I was like, dude, I mean, dude, it just like my entire reality is like, I mean, it just shifted 180 degrees. And I was like, dude, I started seeing like him as a little nuclear missile. Right. And I, it was my job to weaponize that missile. So whatever I weaponize him with, with what would be like thrust into the future, right? And then the result would be whatever that is, right? And so I knew that I had to equip him, not with, you know, how do I prepare you 20 years from now with like, here's what you can expect in 20 years, but with tools, simple tools that would help him learn to trust himself and to trust God, right? Period. Like, so if I teach him, instead of teaching him how to, be 20 years from now or 30 years from now if I teach him how to take care of himself right always and so that his machine for how he's going to navigate this world right is in perfect condition as much as possible right and he's not abusing it and taking advantage of it but he's he's got it in, in shape to be able to handle whatever comes at him he'll be okay there right he eats mm-hmm. good he knows how to put the right things in his body if he's in his mind right? And the way that he has his relationship with God, that's important to me. So, but his, his relationship with God and his relationship with his own thoughts and ideas and how he sees the world and all these things. So that's like that component, right? The other component is in how he has relationships and how he has free time and adventure. And is he a well-rounded person? Does he know how to have an intelligent conversation with someone? I work with my son, he can walk up to a fully grown man like Chad Hennings, for example. I told you about him, three-time Super Bowl champion from the Dallas Cowboys, freaking mountain of a man. My son will walk right up to him, look him straight in the eyes and stick out his arm. He goes, hey, it's nice to meet you. My name's Emery. What's your name? You know, because I've trained him in that way hmm. uh, to do that and to create value and to do all those things. The other side of that is how do you make money? 
right? Yep. If I teach them entrepreneurial habits now and how to provide value in any engagement and, and uh, how to invest and how to uh, preserve and how to just to right, make the right moves as much as possible. And what I don't know, I can always put him in the space of people who do know. Yeah. Right? Because I've worked hard on my, on my, uh, my uh, Rolodex of people, right? I have a lot of relationships, man. A That's lot. I, I forgot the name of the book, um, but I remember hearing about this book that was geared towards kids about like credit card debt. And it, like it put them through the mental process of getting into debt and dealing with interest before they actually had the credit card yeah. so that they wouldn't make the mistakes that most people make of just, you know, leveraging yourself, right. you know, so far that you can't even handle it. So it sounds That's to me good. like, you know, you're trying to teach him all these life lessons now so that he doesn't fall into those usual traps and doesn't fall for the usual societal programming or anything like that. It can actually be a contribution to himself and everyone around him. There's that. I mean, I do this for my daughter too, but she's still, she's four years old. So she's turned four. So there's still, a, a, there's a gap there. Right. Mm -hmm. But um, another component of that, by the way, is learning to trust their gut. Mm -hmm. Right. And being okay with failure. And so I, ever since pretty much he's been able to move, man, or like be outside and stuff we've done every Saturday, we'll go have an adventure day. Right. So it's usually two to three, half a day. Uh, two, three hours to a half a day or whatever that um, we go out and we mountain bike and we hit trails or we go out and we do something new usually. But even if we go out and we mountain bike and I really instill leadership components inside of that. So there's times, most of the time I'll lead, uh, but there are times where I'm like, all right, son, take the lead. And I get up there. And then as I'm behind him, I'm like, all right, understand this, son. If you take us off the trail and you go down a wrong path, I'm right behind you. And as your follower, I'm going to go down that path too. I'm trusting you to lead me. Your responsibility is to get me where we're going safe. Do you understand me? He's like, yes. Yes, what? Yes, sir. And uh, he kind of falls in line with that. And then it's like, all right, good. And so as he's doing things, I'll be like, nice hustle, son. I love how you push through that hard part right there. Way to give extra, man. Way to give extra. So I encourage him to give more than he needs to give to some degree, right? Uh, and really I'm looking for those little spaces to encourage him, but dude, we've had friends come with us, like his friends or, uh, my best friend, he has three boys and they'll come out with us sometimes. And he's like, dude, I'm going to start having them come out with you. Cause they just all went out with us the other, uh, was a couple months back and he goes, Oh my gosh, man, that, I, they needed that so bad. And like, because I'm using all of these things as opportunities to teach leadership components, you know? Right, right, right. So you know, I hear you saying these things and, and it's very interesting. And I think that most people have very well-intending parents. Um, but for whatever reason, they don't have the luxury of parents being in a position for whatever reason to be consistent and do what you're doing right here. So I, and I, you know, not to uh, over generalize, but I imagine a lot of the men that find their way to you, you know, they didn't have a father figure teaching them that stuff. Right. I'm curious. I didn't either. Yeah. Oh yeah. So uh, that, that actually, that raises a good point. Like if yeah. there might be people that they didn't have a father figure, they empowered them to, to rise to the occasion also. So you never right. know the real reason. Yeah. So um, parents being there, parents not being there, whatever, whatever got the men to you. I'm wondering in your experience, where do they falter the most? What do they struggle with more than anything else that they have the most difficulty getting into? And, or where do they just like fail early when they get into your group? Dude, uh, the biggest issue that I see 
is challenging belief systems, right? Mm. And that doesn't just happen overnight, right? So it's like, who am I? Like, why should I do this? Like, even as a Christian, right? Inside of the church world, like there's this idea that if you put yourself out there, that you're somehow challenging God, right? Mm -hmm. If you put yourself out as a leader, that there's something uh, egotistical about you. And so, so many people think that humility or what they call humility, as far as sitting there and having what I believe to be somewhat unimpactful lives, right? I, I see the world a completely different way than they do. I'm driven by a deeper sense of purpose in that regard, though, because I literally believe that if men don't rise up, this world is going to burn to the ground, dude. Like, mm. I believe that, right? Whether that's true or not, I have painted that picture and I've anchored every drive inside of me to it, right? Right. And so I think that's a big part of what it is. And the fear, man, like, they're they're so comfortable with their freaking xboxes and their big tv and their you know their chevy truck in the driveway or their their two-story house and their you know their it's just good enough you know mm -hmm. and i think that that is it's disturbing it, it disturbs me man like that we do that to ourselves and what we've been conditioned to believe are good and what our luxuries and what our these things, you know, first of all, most of the people that have this stuff, right, stuff in general are in debt up to their eyeballs. So they're literally prisoners. They're slaves to the lender, right? That's the way the Bible says it, right? Um, so you don't own any of it, right? At the end of the day, if you don't pay your tax bill, guess whose it is now? Mm -hmm. No one's a homeowner. No yeah. one in the country owns yeah. the homes. Yeah, you're going to be living under a dumpster or in a dumpster right? Because you don't own it. So whatever you, this thing you've convinced yourself of that you own, like, dude, you need to reframe that ASAP, right? Mm. And it doesn't mean don't have nice things, by the way. I'm not saying that. And I know people will, will jump to generalizations and conclusions and stuff. But what I'm saying is it's really time for you to figure out what side of the aisle you're on. I posted this morning on Facebook, and you'll appreciate this, uh, about like if you were a man and you part your hair down the middle i just want you to know i don't trust you right and it's got a ton of responses of people laughing and all that and it is funny but a friend that knows me um and how important it is to me that people pick a side and stop playing that freaking middle of the road bull crap uh was like is that because they don't pick a side and i was like well it's that and the fact they look like a pedophile but i don't know if it's like <laughs> but uh dude this whole concept of men just like dude decide who you are decide what you stand for mm. the, the bible talks about dude if you're someone who's neither hot or cold like if you you're like salt that has no taste and you're no better to be thrown under the ground and trampled underfoot by men than anything like you if you are salt that has no taste then you are nothing mm. I, gotta, I gotta tell you Corey, part of my challenge that you could probably appreciate as a podcaster is when i put these episodes out i have to title them and like i'm trying to figure like how do i title this episode it's all and like map, right yeah. now it's like one of them it might be like you know cory huddleston why good enough isn't good enough um Love that's it. like one of the that's like one of the leading contenders but um you were just talking about some other stuff about you know being being unique i don't know this part of the interview is probably what i'll go back to to try to title this but uh really interesting stuff 
Uh, it brings to mind one other important question because, you know, you go towards the negative, you want to go towards the positive. So sure. we just discussed where men falter in your experience. What about the men that excel? Like where and how do they excel that you really notice that really inspires you and keeps you on track to keep doing this? I think that oh, by and large, men have this realization that they have uh, more inside of them and they want to see what it looks like. And I freaking love that, right? Because all that takes is the right gate, the uh, key master, right? Mm. It's just, they gotta keep trying those dang keys, man. That's the problem. You got this big key ring full of keys and you're not sure which one goes in there, but when you open it, dude, it's like, boom, you just unlocked freaking fountain. You know what I'm saying? Like it's just gonna overflow. And so um, I think that's a big, big part of it. I also see how these guys, like they're just beat down to some degree, right? Culturally, there's a lot of stuff going on and because of how they framed it. And I've been in that space, so I'm not knocking anybody. I'm just saying like, these are the things that we've got to work on, right? Mm -hmm. But in that, men are beginning to realize what really matters, right? And it ain't all of the stuff and it ain't freaking, I'm the president, I'm the CEO. I know you on your intro, you kind of talked about that. It's like, I don't want to be named the CEO. I'm like that too, mm -hmm. right? I don't give a crap. Like, I just get shit done. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't freaking throw a title on me. I, I'm not, like, that doesn't motivate me at all, right? Um, I want to experience things. And I'm beginning to see, like, this whole thing that we talked about, uh, you and I, on the podcast where we were earlier. Um, dude, gratitude about things that matter. And you're talking about everything around you, which those things do matter. But what about, dude, the smile on your grandma's face after you rib her. Cause you like, I'm the, kind of the only guy in my family that can really give my grandma a hard time. <laughs> right. And everybody else is like, dude, every time I do it, she gets mad and it's with her, with me. She's like, Oh, Corey, you're the best. You know, she, just goes, <laughs> she loves it, to do it. <laughs> because I've established myself in that space hmm. as that's who I am. Right. I don't ask for permission. Dude, lions do not ask permission to be lions in the jungle right they just do it and i'm like this is my point and i keep this is something i drive home all the time with men is like you are that lion stop asking for permission stop wondering what's going to happen to me what's or you know how bad is this or how's this going to make me look or da, da, da. like dude shut up go and freaking get what it is that you want right we're here for dominion right if there's a bunch of little animals playing all over you. No lion is going to sit there and get worried about that. Right. Cause he's not like that. He knows in his mind that if ever one of those little animals ever got up and started trying to do anything, he would rip their head off of their shoulders. Right. Mm. Don't mm -hmm. fight battles that you don't need to fight, man. Stay out of that stuff, fight the big stuff, you know, and that's where you just got to build awareness around that stuff. So, yeah, man, very consistent, very strong message there. And, you know, obviously because it's geared specifically towards men, I'm sure polarizing for people. And I think people listening, there's certain people that, that want to know more about you and, and certain people that don't. For those that might want to learn more about you or connect with you or just, you know, where can they go to either listen to the podcast or, or just connect with you in general? Yeah, so the podcast we've got, and you'll be happy to know that I've got one here with Andrew too. So I'm excited to get that one out there because it was awesome. This guy is the man. You guys are lucky, by the way. This guy is the man for real. He's, he's a good thinker. Um, but you can find those on YouTube. Uh, so at Wisdom and Grit, um, spelled out just that Wisdom and Grit, right? And then uh, on Facebook, we've got 
uh, obviously my private profile and wisdom and grit as a page, but, um, which embarrassingly enough, I'm not super active on my page. So it's probably, you know, go there if you want to, but, uh, we have a group though, uh, called men that build the world dash wisdom and grit. Go check that out. Um, it's going to ask you a couple of questions to get in there, but other than that, come on in and join the conversation. I'd love to have you. It's really, there's no, uh, limit to what we talk about as long as we keep it respectful one of the missions i have personally there is that we can take a deep dive into multiple subjects controversial ones we talk about race we talk about you know sex we talk about everything that is not only affecting us as men but as human beings in a world that's complex and uh really my goal with that is to establish generals right uh so that they can then go out and take what their unique observances are of life and everything else, and then go build their own influence, right? Because I can't do everything. This isn't the Corey Huddleston show. This may be the Andrew Kaplan show. I don't know, but no, like this is, <laughs> but the world doesn't revolve around us. Right. Um, and our job as leaders is to uh, recreate ourselves mm. in my opinion. Right. And to unleash the greatness inside of other people. And it's not always going to look, like clones necessarily but if we get them confident enough to step out and to do what they need to do we all win from that so uh uh to answer your question then wisdomandgrit.com so cool cool so just for clarity i mean your show it isn't just audio i mean it's a video show so people yeah. actually see video conversations like this. So, so yes yeah, a little extra perk for people that are curious um I am uh, in the middle of a war zone, or it looks like a war zone, as I'm constructing a set for my YouTube channel. So if anybody wants to see the before and after of how like crappy things look, uh, you can see my episode with Corey at some point, and you'll actually see this really uh, poor setup for my backshot because I haven't had any of it worked out. So um, <laughs> in addition to all the reasons why you should listen and check out Corey's show, you can see a little um, behind the scenes of what I'm constructing here, which we're probably about 30 or 40 days away from my first episode, um, which will support Exciting. the new book, but figured I want to put that out there for people also. And um, I guess the, the last thing to kind of go away with here is like, if there's one message that you want uh, listeners right now to walk away with, to kind of bring into their day and bring into their lives and, and have agency in what they're doing, what would you say to them? A couple of things actually, but go, just do it, man. Stop double thinking or overthinking everything pull the trigger. It's you, you'll always be able to recover from a situation. Right. So, I mean, most of the time, but like, even with that, like that's the essence of life, truly define what it is that you want to live. Right. What does life mean to you really like all in without any regard and don't sit there and say, well, cause I'm a person of faith. My goal is to give a million dollars to these charities and like stop that crap. Focus on like, what do you want? All those things we know will happen just because you're a good person, right? Your audience, I'm sure is full of people like you who are amazing people. They're going to do that. The other thing is, is really the, the whole concept, the backbone, the structure of everything about wisdom and grit is being builders, right? And this applies to women and men. My audience just happens to be men, but be men and women who build people. Be men and women who build ideas, like take things and turn them into something, right? And then be men and women who build things, tangible things, like whether that be, uh, I think everybody should have a hands-on thing, by the way, like of something, but um, it doesn't always have to be about that. Sometimes it can just be about volunteering locally and going and cleaning up trash 
you know, at your park or like we have a lake here. So we, my family volunteers for that. Uh, we go out and be the hands, dude. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, mm -hmm. so that can kind of coincide with building people too, to some degree, but, um, and even building ideas. So like, if you're struggling to understand what your identity is, I invite you to, uh, take mine. I just be a builder, man. You know? Awesome. You know, one of my number one goals in all these episodes is to always provide the listener with some kind of gold where some of it's going to be obvious and some of it they're going to listen back to that answer for. And, and you've done both. So, Corey Huddleston, thank you so much for being such an awesome guest and providing your perspective. And uh, looking forward to seeing the, the future to come for your show, man. It's great to have you here. Thank you, Andrew. I appreciate you so much, man. Thank you. Huge thanks again to Mr. Corey Huddleston for Really, uh, just your awesome perspective, your passion, your drive, and uh, for just being you. I really uh, appreciated this talk. Um, again, I think it's, you know, this interview stands alone on its own in a really unique way, but it's also going to be a very interesting, uh, you know, juxtaposition with another upcoming episode with uh, women's empowerment and also the last one that, that kind of focused a little bit on that. So I'm a happy camper. I'm glad to finally be back in the fray and uploading episodes for you guys. Looking forward to hearing what you think of this one and others. So with that in mind, if you haven't done so already, please go ahead, leave an honest written review uh, while you're at it. If you also haven't done so, go ahead and, uh, you know, pull out that phone, hit that subscribe button, tell your friends about it. Let me know what you think. And, you know, we are wasting no more time. We'll have another new episode here on the way shortly. Until then, you have a kick-ass week. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to Shatter the Mold at www.shatterthemoldpodcast.com. My name is Andrew S. Kaplan. My name is Andrew S. Kaplan, and it's time to shatter the mold.